Hey St. Louis Crossing family and friends, thank you for joining us this morning. First, we want to wish all of our mothers a happy Mother's Day this morning on their special day. Don't worry, you're going to see plenty of Jake during the sermon today, but in the meantime, my name's Sean and we're going to go through our morning announcements, starting with our birthdays for the month of May. Our first birthday of the month of May is today, and it's Brother Dale Long, so happy birthday, Brother Dale. Next, we have Shirley Mitchell, whose birthday is later this week on May 13th. Also, Dante Burnett's birthday is on May 21st. Happy birthday, Dante. And lastly, we have my birthday on May 25th. So with that, we're gonna go in and we're gonna sing happy birthday to all those May birthdays now. Happy birthday to That's awesome, and a big happy birthday to all of our May birthdays. We also have one anniversary this month, and happy anniversary to Sarah and Aaron Kaufman, who had their anniversary on May 3rd. For our morning announcements this morning, uh, keep an eye out in your mail. Hopefully, before long, we will be able to send out our new small reading book, Sound Doctrine. So as soon as that comes in, we'll be able to mail that right out to our addresses in our address book. Also, if you have any praises, prayer requests, or want to be a part of our daily email, please send an email to tim.dillingham at gmail.com and we'll be able to get you a part of that list or, or be able to pray with you for any of your prayer requests. Before we move into our morning worship service, I want to read a quick passage of scripture that is right in line with what Jake talks about in his sermon. It's in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 11 and 12, and it says, By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven, and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. Isn't that amazing? Let's pray. Dearly Father, as we come to you this morning, I pray that our hearts and our minds may be moved towards your glory. Lord, I pray that our morning worship service will be in glory of you and in awe of you. And Lord, I pray that all the virtual services that are going on around the globe would glorify you this morning. I pray a special blessing on all the pastors who will be preaching this morning through the screens. Lord, I pray that you will bring glory to your name through these individuals. Lord, I pray that as we go into our week, Lord, that you will watch over us, keep a hand over us, and keep us safe, Lord, as we travel through this week. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now we're going to go into our morning worship service. Thank you. Good morning, everyone, St. Louis Crossing family and friends. So glad to be with you again. While we're not physically together um, through the wonderful power of God's Spirit, we have the ability to be together and through the wonderful ability of technology. Thanks again to our wonderful brother, Sean Miller. The words will be on your screen to the songs we're going to sing this morning. One of the hymns today makes it very clear that the commitment of living for Jesus, what it really means. In this world we live in today, even in this stay-at-home time with all of its attractions or maybe distractions, are we really able to say the words of the hymn, I own no other master, my heart shall be thy throne? This week I hope we can all try to read the words of this hymn um, each day very carefully and determine if these words of consecration or dedication to Christ are really ours. Jesus willingly gave himself. What have we given to him in return for this 
great sacrifice. Let's sing together, Living for Jesus. My 
Yeah. 
Good morning, St. Louis Crossing family and friends. Jordan here. I'd like you to please bow your heads with me and pray for the proclamation of God's word. Our mighty God and heavenly Father, what a privilege and a blessing it is to call upon your name. Lord, we want to praise you this morning for allowing us to gather virtually to hear the proclamation of your word. Father, this morning I pray that you would be with Brother Jake, that you would equip him and prepare him to preach your word faithfully and to use him to advance your kingdom. Lord, I pray that for all that who hear this message, that we would have ears to hear and a heart open to receive your message. Lord, I pray that everyone around this world that hears your word boldly proclaimed today, that you would just advance your kingdom. Lord, I ask a special blessing upon all the mothers today, and we praise you for all the women in our lives. Lord, we love you, and it's in your son's holy, precious name we pray. Amen. Now we're going to move into our scripture reading. Thank you, Jordan. This morning's scripture reading comes from Romans chapter 3, verse 22 through 25. The righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe, since there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. God presented him as an atoning sacrifice in his blood received through faith. Good morning. The next several weeks, we're going to be looking at different individuals throughout the Bible and get a glimpse of what we're going to refer to as their biblical portraits. Um, So imagine if you're painting a canvas, the biblical portrait isn't going to be focused, zoomed in on the individual brushstrokes. We're going to take a step back and we're going to look at the lives of these these individuals. So uh, many of these sermons might not be focused on one text or another text in particular. Um, We might be jumping around to a couple different texts. I know we will be this morning looking at a few different texts. So it's going to be more of a portrait of each individual. So bear with us. Um, It's not your typical um, expositional sermon, but we're going to do our best to handle it, um, handle it with grace and and with care. So this morning, we're going to start looking, kicking off the series by looking at Sarah, the wife of Abraham. But before we get too far into that, looking at Sarah's biblical portrait, I want to take a quick moment and just say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, um, all, the, all the mothers that are, are normally sitting in these seats in our congregation, and also all of you um, watching uh, wherever you may be. So happy Mother's Day to all of you. And I actually, I want to share a short poem that I found this week um, as, a, as an honor to our mothers. This is uh, anonymous. I don't know who the author is, uh, but I came across it this week. So there is no love like a mother's. Her heart is filled with care. With Christ as her example, her Savior's love she'll share. A mother's love is endless, not changing for all time. When needed by her children, a mother's love will shine. God bless these special mothers. God bless them, everyone, for all their tears and heartaches and special work they've done. When days on earth are over, a mother's love lives on. Through many generations, God's blessings on each one. Be thankful for our mothers who love with higher love from power God has given and strength from up above. It's such a fitting poem that I found this week as we're going to start looking at Sarah, 
the, the mother of all generations, the wife of Abraham. So happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. And now let's, let's dive in and see what the Bible has to say about Sarah, and let's take a look at her biblical portrait. Now, first you might ask some of you, who is Sarah, and, and where is she at in the Bible? What's her connection? Who's, who's her dad? Who's her son? Who's her husband? So Sarah, and her name originally is spelled S-A-R-A-I, is the daughter of Terah. She was actually the half-sister of Abram, her future husband, who will be later on known as Abraham. She's the mother of Isaac, and Isaac, who ended up being the father of Jacob and Esau. So that's a little bit of a, who is Sarah, where does she come, and then uh, where's her ties at uh, from a family point of view. So now I'll say this, sometimes, I know at least I do, I look at, at biblical stories and I read them, and, and we sometimes, our, our human flesh tries to make them out to be heroes of some sort. Uh, we, we seem to forget some of the bad that they might do, and we only focus on the good. And a lot of times that takes away the human aspect of biblical characters because all these people, everyone in the Bible, it, it's, it's history. They existed, they walked the earth, um, it happened. It's not just a storyteller or a fairy tale. So we're going to look today and we're going we're gonna to see some of the, maybe some of the downfalls, some of the failures, but then we're also going to look at some of the positive things uh, about Sarah's life. So many of the things that Sarah faced in her life, we all face, not just, not just women, not just mothers, but also men and fathers, singles, individuals, all of us. Uh, the things that Sarah faced in her life are things that each and every one of us do face, have faced, or will face again. She wasn't perfect but none of us are, and we need to remember that today. Um, none of us are perfect, but we do serve a perfect God. So what are we looking at today? Um, where we're going we're gonna to start, I've got three points. Um, we're going to look at the three F's of Sarah's life. Uh, the first F is her fear. The second will be her failure. And the third is her faith. So her fear, her failure, and her faith. So first, we're going to look at her fear. Uh, I'm going to read... I'm going to be in uh, Genesis chapter 11. I'm going to look at verses 29 and 30. And here's what the word says. Genesis chapter 11, verse 29 and 30. And Abram and Nahor took wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarah, and the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah and Askah. Now Sarah was barren. She had no child. And I'm also going to jump ahead and read uh, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred, and with your father's house to the land that I will show you. Verse 2, And I will make, you, make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. So there's a lot in these verses. What we're going to look at first is, is Sarah. Sarah is... Abram's half-brother, half-brother, half half-sister. That's the relationship between the two of them. But I want to point out, uh, in verse 30, it says Sarah was barren. Now, I know there's, there's many uh, mothers out there and, and fathers and a lot of us that, that understand what that pain feels like. And it, it's a pain that some others, that we just don't understand. But the fact is, Sarah could not have children. Um, she was barren. She had not had any children and, and by all her uh, knowing, she was not able to have children, which is 
is a hard thing in this. You got to rewind and look at it from a, a perspective of that time and culture. A woman's worth in that culture was her ability to give an heir to her husband, her ability to have children, her, their ability to carry on their lineage. And so that adds a, a different twist to this story because they get married, she's barren, Sarah's barren, and then just a few verses later, the Lord tells Abram at the time, I will show you, I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you'll be a blessing. And so the, 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 biggest, the biggest fear here initially is Sarah's fear that her husband has a promise from God that, that they're gonna be, he's going to be a great nation, a great nation will come from him, and she's barren. So that's, that's the biggest fear that she faces very early on. Um, other fears that Sarah, I'm sure, had, they got up and moved. So God called them to leave. That was God's call in their lives. And we get a glimpse of that in verse 2. God tells them why he calls them, because he's going to make them a great nation. So she was probably feel fearful of her barrenness for sure, but then she's getting up and moving to a whole different country. Uh, it's, I, some uh, one note said it was about 1,400 miles away. Could you imagine new husband, new life, new life together, and all of a sudden your husband says, listen, I'm, I'm called, I'm going to go do something great, God's put this on my heart, we need to move 1,400 miles away. That's, that's got to be tough, that's got to be scary. And I'm sure Sarah was there, she felt that fear, she felt that anxiety that's going to come with those, those types of things. So they moved to an unknown land, Sarah was completely scared, now we're going we're gonna to shift the fear of the unknown. There was a whole lot of unknown that Sarah had. Now, today's world, how much unknown do we have right now today? There's so much unknown. Um, so many things going on in this world with this pandemic and, and so many other things that are happening that has got a lot of people in fear. We're just clenched in fear. We don't know what to think. We don't know what to do. We're just frozen. That's tough. That's a tough position to be in. So, so in a way, we're in Sarah's shoes where we're scared, we might have fear, and that's a fault, right? That's something we're supposed to cast those things on the Lord, and, and we're not, none of us are perfect, right? So that's a, that's a downfall to Sarah and to many of us. So that shows her humanness. That shows us where we can connect with Sarah through those fears. So let's move on to the second F. The second F is failures. Sarah had failures. Many of us have failures, right? We're not perfect. We know that. We've covered that. Sarah had failures just like many of us has failures every day. So God's promise, remember the promise that God mentioned in chapter 12, verse 2. We're going to fast forward just a little bit to chapter 16. So if you would flip a couple pages over, chapter 16, um, we're going to be looking at that, uh, verses 1 and 2. Excuse me, chapter 16, uh, verses 1 and 2, and I'm going to read it here. Now Sarah... Abram's wife had borne him no children. So right off the bat, Sarah is still barren. Continue on in verse 1. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said to Abram, Behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go to my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarah. So Sarah has a problem. She knows that this promise that God gave them just a few chapters ago 
She knows that they're going to be a great nation, and she's, she's fearful of being barren, and so she tries to fix the problem. She tries to create a plan B when God's got a plan A. And so how many of us do that today? We try to make a plan B because we're, we're being impatient. We, don't, we want it in our time and not on God's time. And that's what Sarah's doing here. So that's a, that is a failure of hers where she's trying to, to do something herself instead of being patient waiting on God. And so she, she tells her husband to, look, I can't have kids. Go have an heir with, with my servant. And so Abram listens to her. She tried to expedite the process rather than wait on God. She tried to do it herself. She tried to, to act out to do that plan B. So, again, let's, let's, we see the promise that God made. So we're going we're gonna to fast forward just a little bit. Chapter 17, verses 15 and 16. We're going to go there, and this is God giving that promise one more time. God's saying to them, look, guys, I'm promising you this. Now, this time it's a little bit different. It's a little more specific. Uh, chapter 16, or chapter 17, excuse me, verses 15 and 16. And God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her Sarah, but Sarah. Okay, so God, God renamed Sarah here in verse 15. Now, I'm going to point this out, guys. Um, I can see the spelling. I, I'm, I've got the word in front of me. Uh, some of you, if you're following along, you can see it too. Sarah's initial name was S-A-R-A-I. God changed it to S-A-R-A-H. So it might not seem like a big deal, uh, but when you, when you break down the root word and, and the, the meaning of Sarah in the original language, the A-I was a, general, uh, was a, a specific pronoun for my princess. Sarah means princess uh, in, a, in a general translation. So it was my princess. The, when it was changed to A-H, it goes more general to just princess. So the my is taken off, which helps in this transition of this barren woman and now the mother of all nations. So, so God makes that transition, and God's very uh, particular with that to make that transition. And, and he did the same thing with Abram. He renamed him Abraham. So just a variation of the word because Abraham and Sarah's lives were changing. They were shifting from being parents of no children to being parents of a great, great generation for many lines to come. So God reiterates this promise in chapter 17, verses 15 and 16, and I'm going to continue reading on. God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her Sarah, but Sarah, with an A-H, shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she will become nations. Kings of people shall come from her. So God's reminding Abraham and Sarah now that nations are going to come from Sarah, not from Hagar, not from the slave, but nations are going to come from Sarah. Abraham is going to have um, a, an heir from his wife. So if we continue reading on, so this was, this was a little bit of a slip up, right? Sarah, her failure was that she tried to speed the process up and God's reminding them, look, I've made a promise to you. I'm going to fulfill that promise. We keep going on and you can read it. Um, I won't get too far into it, but in chapter 20, in chapter 20, they do some traveling, and they go to a different land, and they, they were deceitful. Abraham and Sarah were deceitful about their relationship. Uh, they tried to convince people that they were just brother and sister, that they weren't husband and wife. And so that's another failure, that they're, they're trying to be deceitful to get maybe a one-up on what's going on in their situation. So Sarah had failures, 
Right? She had fears. We all have fears. Sarah had failures too. And we all fail, right? I know I have. I, I know we all have, right? Because we're not perfect. So we all have failures, but we fail in different ways. Now the key is that no matter what, the Lord is there. He knows those failures, and he can bring us through those. He can bring us through those fears. He can bring us through those failures. So finally, in chapter 21, the promised son is born to Abraham and Sarah, their son Isaac, who is the heir. Um, and we're going to, so as we shift from that, so God, God fulfilled that promise, right? They had the fears. They had the failures. God fulfills that promise. The heir is born. Isaac, the son, is born to Abraham and Sarah. And then we're going to shift um, to the final F. And for that final F of faith, we're going to look at Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11 and 12. And I'm going to have you guys flip there with me. So Sarah, we're, we're on our third F. Sarah is known probably most for her faith. Um, and we're going to look at this passage in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 11 and 12. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised, meaning God. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. Now, I want to I remind us here that when Sarah and Abraham had Isaac, Abraham was 100 years old, Sarah was 90. So they were way past childbearing years, um, way past that. Could you imagine having, having a son at 190? I mean, 100, 100 years old for the husband, 90 years old for the wife. It would, it would be just crazy to think the possibility. But it reminds us that with God, nothing is impossible. And God can make anything happen if it's according to his will. So this last passage is focusing on the faith of Sarah. It starts out, verse 11, by faith. Sarah had faith. Now, if you look at uh, the book of Galatians, Paul references Sarah and Hagar, the two mothers of Abraham's children. Abraham had two children, one by Sarah, one by Hagar. And Paul references that in his letter to the Galatians, um, the Galatian church in chapter 4 of the, the book of Galatians. He tells us that Abraham, bore, Abraham had two sons, one from a slave woman, Hagar, and one from a free woman, Sarah. The son of Hagar was born of the flesh, but the son of Sarah was born of the promise. Remember, Hagar was the, the servant of Sarah, and that was one of Sarah's failures. She said, hey, I can't give you a son. I'm barren. Go, go get a son over here with my servant. So that was the son born of the flesh. And then God fulfilled the promise, and the second son was born of Sarah which is the promise. So we as Christians share in that promise. That, that's our descendants. That's our, our line as Christians. We're not children of slavery, not children of slaves, but instead we're children of the free woman, which is our inheritance uh, through Christ. So as we zoom out and we look at the life of Sarah, again, imagine, imagine the brushstrokes. We zoom out, and, and we're not so close in on her biblical portrait that we're going into the finite details. Right? We're just taking a full, quick swoop through her life and her fears and her failures, but then most importantly, her faith. Right? That's where we want to end. We want to end on her faith because that's the high point. That's what Sarah is known for. Um, Abraham is known as uh, a, a, one of the pillars of faith. He's, he's in the hall of faith, if you would say. Uh, and Sarah's right there with him. 
And so we're going to zoom out, and we're going to look at that from a distance to get an idea of the, the picture as a whole. The life of Sarah is completely highlighted by her faith. Their stories don't happen without being together, though. And that's what Pastor Tim talked about last week, is that as husbands and wives and as followers of Christ, we have this connection that, that husbands and wives, we must come together. We must complement each other. We shouldn't butt heads with one another. Right? So husbands and wives should work together for the glory of God. They should come together to, to glorify God as not only individuals, but then also as a whole. So God didn't give Sarah a nation without her husband Abraham. And God didn't give Abraham a nation without his wife Sarah. They had to have each other. Right? And God used them and used their fears and their failures to strengthen their faith. Their stories are intimately connected to one another. The husband and wife came together to glorify God through their faith. They have different roles and different jobs. Just like we as husbands and wives and followers of Christ, we have different roles. We have different jobs. But ultimately, we complement one another. And when we both submit to the will of the Father, having faith in his plan for our lives is the ultimate goal. That's the ultimate end game is to have faith in God's plan for our lives. So as I wrap up today on Mother's Day, the message, even though it started out with fears and failures, which we all have, we've all had, we're going to have more, and, and we're going to even have them in the future, the fears and failures. What we need to focus on today is not those things, though. What we need to focus on today is that even through those times, we must have faith. Faith in God, faith in Jesus, and faith in his plan for our lives. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, come to you this morning thankful for this story, thankful for the life of Sarah and Abraham. God, the, the, the fears and failures, they hit home to many of us. And most importantly, God, that they're both known for their faith. And I pray today for uh, all those mothers out there, especially on this Mother's Day, that um, even though we, we as mothers and fathers and individuals, we're going to have fears and failures through life, but um, all those, those mothers and fathers, and, and especially today those mothers on Mother's Day, that, that they will be known by their faith in you, Jesus Christ. And we just thank you for each and every one of them. We thank you for today, such a beautiful, beautiful Lord's Day. God, we just pray all these things in your name. Amen.